Welcome to the Model Car Podcast, a bi-weekly show about building scale model cars. This show is brought to you by the generous financial support of our Patreon backers. Our Patreon supporters get access to our behind-the-scenes Slack channel, patron extras, and even a chance to be on the show. If you can help support the show, please visit the supporters page on our website, modelcar.show. If you would like more talk about model cars, please join our Facebook group or our Slack workspace. Hello and welcome to episode 58. I'm Justin Twyford and joined as always by my friend and co-host, John Dezan. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. We're even recording this on John's birthday, which means it must be pandemic time because why else would John <laughs> be wanting to sit at his desk talking to me instead of going out and enjoying life? But anyway, we will get into our show. Let's get on to what you've been working on, buying, ordering, everything like that. John, you got some mail call. Yeah, I got some uh, photo watch goodies from CTM or check, check truck models. For heavy trucks, Scania, Scania, and Mac. <laughs> Let me guess, I came from Europe. Yes, yes, yes. I'm smart. Very, very fast delivery. Very fast delivery. Oh, well, I want to talk about delivery, so good. <laughs> yeah, I saw. <laughs> uh, so uh, what uh, truck stuff did you get, Photo Etch? Uh, it's all, there's some headlights, some, uh, that, that's mine anyway. There's some headlights. There's some details for the interiors. Now the, all the Mac stuff is for a friend of mine, Robert, and all of that is detail parts for the Mac cruise liner cab over. Mm. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. There's some awful nice stuff and all of that. I was going to ask what the quality's like. I've never seen or, or even heard of CTM to be honest. You, it's beautiful. I mean, you, you've heard of, uh. Archer Fine Transfers, who do 3D printed rivets. Uh, I've seen them mentioned, never seen them in person. Okay, never seen them. Okay, Th those are pretty darn cool. Uh, what these guys do for headlights, CTM, is there's a photo etch part for the headlight, and then they're putting, I don't know how they do it, but then they're print putting, printing, whatever, putting a lens on top of that. So, you know, a headlight is supposed to have a convex lens on it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these things do too. Oh, the same neat. for the badges, like uh, Robert's badges for his Mack trucks. They're just like the enameled badges you'd see on a truck. Oh, wow. Very cool. Oh. Are they uh, pricey? Not terribly. For all of what Robert got, it was only, now my, <laughs> mind you, it's only, it's, I think it's only enough to do one truck, but it was still only $85, hmm. including shipping. So. All right. So the next time, next time we want to complain about the price of a kit, we should consider what we put into it afterwards. There's that. Yeah. Hmm, cool. Uh, you've got other things ordered. Anything you want to spill the beans on? Well, there's, <laughs> it's all, it's all waiting at a, <laughs> all waiting to get here from a friend, from a friend. There's uh last, last time I had ordered the photo etch set for the GT4 Mustang. Oh, yes. And there's other stuff too. I'm just, oh, there's uh, stuff from Fireball Resin. And I know there's something else, but I'm just drawing a blank right now. All the aftermarket. Yes. Cool. All aftermarket at the moment. <laughs> what you been working on? Well, the Mayura is as good as done, but not quite. <laughs> was, last picture I saw, it looked fantastic. Yeah, everything was assembled. Uh, what's still left to do on it? I've got to find the the uh, radio antenna. Ah, uh, okay. 
had it had glue in the hole, had the, had it in the tweezers, and stop ping. Oh uh, yes, no. the ping, the infamous ping. Yes, a ping and a prayer. I think as Pat uh, said, ping and a prayer, and the 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 catapult. You know, <laughs> gone. I know it's on my workbench somewhere. I just haven't been interested enough to go digging for it. Ah, uh, uh, do you use the uh, flashlight on an angle trick? I use that on the floor. Mm. Doesn't work on the bench. Mm, it could, but there's. I know roughly where it landed based on the sound of it. Mm. So I have a darn good idea where it is. Just haven't said, no, 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 no. It's more fun right now. Work on the cars, get them done. Then look for that stupid little antenna. <laughs> uh, from what I saw though, that turned out really nicely. Thank you. Uh, any thoughts on building it? Cause I know uh, we, we have people that were converting over to the dark side as far as these um, <laughs> Ferraris and Lamborghinis and uh, Japanese kits. If you like the car, don't there's don't hesitate on buying it. That's a nice kit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and what else are you working on? Zed. Uh, the Zed, yes, the seventy and a half Z twenty eight with a full bumper is also very very close. <laughs> mm-hmm. Zed, of course, we're Canadian. Hey, it's a Zed. It's not a Z twenty eight. It's a Z twenty eight. All right. Uh, I did not know what you <laughs> what you meant when you said Zed. So uh, there get we go. it, get it, get it. That's it's. Well, if it were a full-size car, you could drive it right now. It's not street legal, but <laughs> there's no hood. There's no stripes. There's no mirrors. But beyond that, oh, there's no battery. <laughs> okay. I, I have to ask, because this is completely off topic, but I am curious. What is the strangest thing you've ever driven? Well, I've driven a couple different school buses, a couple, three different school buses. The short buses or the big buses? The big buses. Thank you. Ooh. And one, one was even a demonstrator that we had for one day. It was a, was like a city bus, <laughs> automatic air brakes, rear engine. <laughs> nice. That was fun. <laughs> Very cool. That was fun. Uh, driven a Ford Ranger GT. I'm not even sure what that is. <laughs> it was a sporty, sporty version of the Ford Ranger. It was a G, the Ford Ranger pickup. It was a GT. It only be had with a V6 and a uh, manual transmission. They're quite sporty. Cool. Uh, anything not street legal? Skidoo. Oh, that's a cold weather thing. I don't know what those are. <laughs> I've got one. When, when you were saying about not being street legal, but still driving it on the street. Yeah, I get the feeling that means something real weird for you. <laughs> I, I drove a, a float in a parade. Oh, hello. <laughs> Technically, it's street legal, though, if it's in the parade. No, no, there, there were, there were, well, it was, I, I drove it on the, on the real streets, but um, there was uh, no brakes, uh, no uh, brake lights, <laughs> no forward lights. There was, uh, I drove it in a parade in the rain and oh, geez. it had electrical glitch. And guess what? Water and electrics? don't go well together yeah they don't mix so uh yes it kept dying on me and oh it was just a a, an absolute nightmare i never went back and volunteered to do that again no thank you Mm -mm, no if you've ever driven a car that is 15 feet wide that you have basically zero visibility because your your eyes are popping out of the top of the the parade uh vehicle essentially you're driving an army tank uh yeah it limited visibility (laughs) 
it was <laughs> it was the weirdest weirdest thing that I probably have ever driven. I think it was like um, a V eight uh, for an old Ford that somebody had cut up and welded the frame onto underneath. But uh, oh, uh, it was just um, anyway. Uh, completely off topic, but I just thought of that when you were talking about street legal, but you, uh, not street legal, but you could drive it because this definitely was in that weird spot. Well, I drove a tow truck once that was made from two different trucks <laughs> <laughs> and it was street legal. <laughs> ah, so it's a street legal part that anyway. Uh huh. Didn't drive like it was street legal, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> That's a that's a topic in itself, I think. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> mini topic for the day. Uh, so yesterday I went shopping. So yay! Uh, there are a, a few, a, a lot less than there used to be, um, hobby shops around. And one of the local clubs sent out an email the other week that they were having an annual sale at uh, one of the stores. It's about a half hour drive away from where I am. I haven't been since pre lockdown. They do comics, they do pop figures, uh, they do a wide variety of Gundams and uh, pretty much everything in, in this store. And I was kind of debating whether to go or not. The one thing that kind of swung me on it, they used to have a very good selection of Japanese kits. Uh, they're in one of the more ethnically diverse areas of the Lower Mainland here. And uh, certainly they used to stock up for that. And I thought, okay, well, you know, 25% off was worth going and seeing what they had. Uh, and I was a little disappointed there. Their selection has gone down. And I hope mm. that's not a sign of, I hope that's intentional, not a sign of uh, perhaps the uh, carrying costs of the kits that we're, we're looking at now. I was really hoping to pick up some of these amazing Hasegawas and uh, Aoshimas that we've been talking about uh, as they've been released, but uh, there was very little on there. Uh, I did pick up a couple of kits, though, that were kind of interesting. Uh, the Tamiya Lexus LFA. I skipped that because it's a boring-looking car when it first came out. And it's kind of grown on me since then. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in some 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 brighter colors, and thought, okay, yeah, that actually does does actually look nice on on the bench. So I picked up one of those, twenty five percent off. It made it uh, quite affordable. I also picked up an Italeri Police Ford Transit van, uh, which is a British police uh, van. It's kind of an old looking design i'm not sure how old the tool is they've got the gas version and they've got the police version uh, i just thought it looked really really neat and a little weird i passed on a couple of things they had the mclaren the timia mclaren that just came out that would have been a heck of a good deal at 25 uh, off oh yeah that would have made it sure. about 75 canadian hmm. and part of me thought oh i could do another one and it's like okay i have so many kits that i don't need doubles of anything and then we had talked about the um, range rover uh from italeri that they released the two-door version mm -hmm. yep and i saw that and the price was 65 bucks before discount and it was just uh, you know i i have the land rover i've got another range rover i just didn't need that for what it was so i passed on that but uh, unfortunately apart from that it was pretty much standard fare for kits so if anybody's in the Lower Mainland, that sails on for another week. But uh, it's it's always nice to go out and and see what what new stores have. I haven't been there in 
uh, probably 15, 16 months. So uh, it was kind of nice to see what was in there. They did also have the Ravel paint rack, which is the first time mm. I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, $2 more expensive than corresponding to Mia paint. Mm. So I did pick up uh, one of the yellow spray paints. Uh, guess what color I'm thinking of for the LFA? <laughs> Too obvious. <laughs> Sky blue pink. <laughs> That's about it. And I picked up a sample of the 302 semi-gloss black. Apart from it has some weird German name, but I think it's supposed to be semi-gloss. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't opened either one of those. I haven't tried them, but I figured everybody has been kind of excited about these. And I want to get an idea of whether they're worth the money, whether they're worth the extra money than the Timia, because everybody knows how much I like my Timia spray cans. Yeah, and I, and I have no problems about the spray cans, but I've always had an issue with Tamiya's bottled semi-gloss black. It's not semi-gloss. It's more gloss. Uh, see, I don't have a problem with that because I always uh, thin it. I never use it out of the out of the can. Okay. I thin it and airbrush it, and it's fine for what I, for what I do. Okay, cool. I mean, I've used the spray can for... The spray can has a slightly different sheen when it dries. It is more semi-gloss, <laughs> but the, the bottled stuff... No, it's always been more gloss for my liking. And hmm. Hmm. it is what it is. Interesting. What do you use to thin it? That might be the problem. You don't use Tamiya thinner, do you? Uh, if I'm sp- if I'm airbrushing it, I'm decanting it out of the spray can. Ah, okay. If I'm brushing it, it's <laughs> straight out of the bottle. So you don't spray the acrylic at all. No, I would have to be. I, it would literally have to be like, you know, let's say 4.30 on a Saturday afternoon. I can't get anywhere. I can't get to a hobby shop in half an hour and, <laughs> and just had to have it, had to get it done, you know, for mm. me to do that. And no. So I airbrush all of my paint uh, for around the trim work. Usually I'm building modern cars that have mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. trim. So I'm, I, I mask everything and airbrush it with the Tamiya uh, acrylic that I mix with the Tamiya thinner. Then I, uh, I'll i do the back of the windshields uh, to get the trim and everything. Uh, so it works really, really well if you airbrush it with a very good uh, mixture with Tamiya. You get a really, really good semi-gloss black. I can't remember. I guess I probably do touch up a few little things, you know, with the, the, the semi-gloss black by brush. But it's very, very rare that I actually brush paint anything, so... Uh, kind of interesting. You should you should try it if you're if you're wanting to do something modern and you want that semi gloss black. Uh, the acrylic, of course, is much nicer than uh, having to use the lacquers. The lacquers, because if you do get a little bit of a leak with uh, a mask job or anything like that, you could just take a uh, my infamous um, uh, sharpened toothpick. I could just scrape scrape it off a little bit, and it works mm-hmm. fine. So. Been there, done that. Yep. Uh, and and you, you actually use when you're doing those you use the uh, the big boy paint hey eh? you decant and use the uh, yeah I I, deca- I mask everywhere <laughs> decant airbrush on the semi gloss black around the window trim oh wow all right you're daring <laughs> no I've learned lessons <laughs> how to do it how to make sure it does how to make sure I really don't get many leaks spray a little bit of clear around the edges of where you're going to paint with semi gloss. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. We talked about shipping. 
I'm still waiting for. <laughs> I liked my shipping. <laughs> yes. You know, shipping is all over the place at the moment. Everybody's saying, oh, uh, shipping is slow. I'm still waiting for my spot model shipment, which is uh, three plus weeks now. Well, that's not that bad from coming from Europe yet. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. If you don't have it by the next podcast, that'd be another story. But uh, uh, for what for what they charge me, though, um, yeah, it's on the slow boat. Surprisingly, this week I ordered some stuff from a music store in Indiana. Uh, I have no idea where Indiana is, but I think it's somewhere over your side of the world. Uh, it's just and south, just east of Chicago. All right. I placed an order, I was messing around on my lunch hour on Tuesday, and FedEx showed up the next day, knocking on my door at lunchtime. <laughs> and the princess helped you get go get it. <laughs> uh, no, I actually wasn't home because there was no, I had not expected that to be there. I was in the office and I saw the oh. ring camera and then went, you're kidding me. There's no way wow. anything, a big box takes only, uh, you know, 24 hours to come across from indiana i i mean as i say i'm thinking indiana i'm just curious how it cleared customs in 24 hours well it's fedex they send you a bill yeah yeah but still yes it still gets looked at somebody somebody still has to figure you know there, there's there's actual work that gets involved there but still yeah really really yeah. Uh, amazingly quick the funny part was this was a part that i needed for so i i rebuilt my studio last weekend which is why I haven't really worked on any model kits. My wife and I both play music. And with everybody home all the time, my studio was set up sort of in the rear of our living room, uh, which was fine, you know, when we both had lives outside the house. <laughs> and what I realized is that uh, because everybody's home all the time, I haven't been playing as much music. You know, I'll uh, drag something out to play and bring it upstairs and play it. So I decided that I would do something really good. So I ripped apart uh, everything from my office upstairs, which is where I normally podcast, my studio downstairs, uh, carted everything up the stairs, got rid of my desk, took that downstairs. So everything has changed. I'm on a completely different setup. Hopefully you can't tell so much in the sound, but I'm running through a different mixer. I've, I, I'm on a different desk. I'm actually sitting down, John. I usually oh podcast God. while Yay. standing up. And so every, everything changed, but um, I needed another synthesizer rack and couldn't get one locally, so I ordered one. I ordered the rack from Toronto because I didn't want to bring that across customs. And I needed some extra arms for holding my stuff. And those I bought from the States because they were cheap and, they were cheap and they're relatively small, so I figured the uh, shipping wouldn't be too expensive on them. I know it wasn't, but... Um, uh, the stuff from Indiana, I ordered them the same time. The stuff from Indiana showed up the next day. Uh, the other stuff is taking a week from Toronto. So, you know, yeah. within Canada is slow, but apparently the Americans have done every. We blame the sled dogs. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, kind of like the uh, American rollout of the vaccines. Uh, they're doing a whole lot better than Canada at the moment in terms of shipping. Yep. All right. What's uh? Yeah, we're a little off topic today. Let's get yeah, back on topic. Oh, heck of a lot. <laughs> What's, what's new in the hobby? Oh, boy. Well, we've been pay paying lots of attention. Of course, there, there's always the ongoing saga of the Revel Germany Jaguar E-Type. We still don't know what's happening with that, yes. We don't know, but Bob Downey knew, knows a few things. So I copied what he said, and here's what he had to say on the subject. 
we know we we knew this before. It's an all new tool, and it's the first without body seams. I guess I I haven't seen one yet, so that's all right. It's uh it's the typical slop slop typical sloppy body mold as usual, and they're tweaking the tooling after issues with the red plastic and the height of the windscreen on the coupe, which is too low. So I guess guess that means that uh, for the American box of the kit, it's going to be better than the uh, European box. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I, I mean, to me, it looks like it's only that silly insert that they have that's incorrect. So I'm hoping they yeah. can do that. But so it, it's interesting how Ravel doesn't want to tell you that that's what they're doing. Yeah, it does. I guess they maybe it's the maybe it's the German ethos that they don't want to admit they made a mistake. Well, I think the problem is if you screwed it up, people are going to want a new body. Yeah. Or they're going to leave the existing inventory sitting on the shelves waiting for the new one. So I'm guessing part of the narrative is not saying too much about it and hoping that people just buy it because they want it and then quietly sneak in the version two. Yeah, that probably is it, isn't it? Yeah. I've, I've not seen many issues. Uh, I've seen a couple of people post pictures of what their issues with the red plastic were. And to be honest, they're no worse than anything else I've seen on any Ravel kit from the last 20 years. You know, they're, they're fine. The, there's nothing too major. Uh, I haven't seen anything without this body seams. That sounds interesting. Uh, even, you know, Tamir with its sliding molds still gets very slight body seams. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know anything about uh, how they're doing this without any body seams? I have no idea. I haven't even seen the kit, so. Hmm. <laughs> I was just uh, hoping this came with some pictures or something. Nope, there's no pictures. All right. Yeah. Interesting to know. Yes. Okay, so moving along, we've all known for some time that uh, Testers is getting rid of their hobby paints, right? We keep hearing about it. We keep hearing about that. Okay, so... Rumors, anyway. Another modeler I've, I've known for quite some time decided to actually ask them what's going on. And here's what they had to say. Thank you for reaching out. As a manufacturer of paint products, we have a long history of producing hobby kits and supplies. To that end, we are evolving our strategy to focus more keenly on Testers, our flagship brand and are discontinuing our Patra, Aztec, and Model Master brands as the demand for these products continues to decline. That being said, we are not discontinuing the testers' aerosols. We will continue to support the hobby market with a robust line of aerosols, brush paints, tools, accessories, and are always looking for opportunities to innovate in these categories. Please keep in mind that we do have limited quantities available, and hobby shops will have access to that inventory. Hmm. And this is from the new owner of Testers, right? Well, that's not the new owner. RPM has owned Testers for quite some time. Okay. All right. I thought they, were, they had um, been no. been taken over, and that's why there was some changes. No. RPM has owned them for quite some time. Uh, you know, the question still comes up. Um, are you fixing the stupid aerosol bottles, that they're, the cans that they come in? The cans are okay. It's the nozzles. <laughs> <laughs> the tester stuff, the leaky tester snot stuff. Oh yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But it's been proven that Tamiya cans can snot too. So yeah, a uh, lot less uh, just from the empir per empirical evidence and the age of the cans. I've got Tamiya cans that are three times as old as the tester stuff, and they're not leaking. Well, I've got testers cans that are older than my Tamiya stuff, and none of them are leaking either. So. <clears throat> 
I think it's a new tester stuff, the new line, that's really bad. Okay. Good. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Atlantis. Yeah, a while back we talked about some of them, some of the releases they were coming, and now we've got pictures for three of them. Well, there, were, there was four, but I figured there wasn't much interest in most modelers for a 132nd scale Chevy Nova, so I didn't bother with that one. But we do have a... <laughs> You can now see what they mean by the Ravel 57 Cadillac Eldorado Brome. At least I believe it was Ravel who originally produced that. Is that how you say that? Brome? Yeah. Brome. Ah, okay. I never do that. However, this. Hey, you just got to watch Wayne Carini or some show like that on TV, but you don't watch TV, so. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody was kind enough to post a uh, build up of um, something on our Slack channel. I think it was. Uh, uh, to me, a uh, skyline, a vintage skyline. Yes. And I watched it for about three minutes and went, okay, uh, I can't do this. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't actually, I couldn't bring myself to just watch something. So my yeah, attention well, deficit, I guess it is. Uh, I don't know. I jump around too much. I, I got to say, though, this uh, Cadillac Eldorado Brom uh, is one of the nicest box art pictures I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I admit it's striking, but I will point this out for anybody who doesn't know that there's a multi-piece body in that kit. Yeah, which means it can look nice on the shelf and it won't come home with me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Gee, that's pretty box art, but it's still staying right here. <laughs> yeah, if I, you know, if I had enough space to display box art, fine. But uh, yeah, multi-part bodies. I'm scared off of those after the... <laughs> after the uh, motorcycle? <laughs> Lindbergh gt6 triumph that oh, came out god yes there were so many people after me you gotta get one john you gotta get one i said no <laughs> i know what that, that body has got a multi-piece body i'm not interested i've heard enough horror stories about that one. Oh, i pre-ordered it and figured okay it's got to be better than the originals and it was worse well, yes uh, it was warped as well so yes oh even worse <laughs> yeah uh, there was no fixing that that uh, has one side half done on it and is back in the oh. box somewhere Gosh. That may have, that may, I may have even thrown that whole kit out in a sheer disgust at how bad it was. Anyway. Yes. How could you dare reissue this? <laughs> yeah. It was a dog. It was a dog. They're also reissuing the monogram AC Bulldog Log Hauler. That's a vintage uh, Mac. I yeah. Believe. It's from the teens or early 20s, something like that. It's a three, four, five ton truck, something like that. Solid. Solid tires. <laughs> Back when the day you were going to be bouncing off the ceiling if you didn't hold on to the steering wheel. Hmm. I'm just thinking, teens and early 20s. Guess where we are now? Teens and early 20s. 20s. Oh, yeah, it's a 100-year-old truck. Wow. Hmm. Damn, we're getting old. Yeah. And some of us one day a little older than everybody else. And in my case, several years older than you. Hmm. Hmm, that's true. Oh, well, minor detail. There's also, I believe this was originally a Ravel tool, a 116th Chevy Vega funny car at the Betty and Jim Green 1973 World Champion Green Elephant. It's green. It's green. <laughs> I don't know too much about this style of uh, kit. It's not something I grew up with. So uh, if, you're, if you're into it, it's out there. Uh, 16 scales, a little rough. I don't think those are always, you know, people like the big scale or the little or the regular scale. 16th is kind of always that uh, weird brother of them, you know? That's big enough. <laughs> it is. That'll take over the, that'll uh, completely eliminate my workspace if I had that in there. All 12 inches square of it, right? Yeah, basically. That's, why, that's how we all finish up. We start with a whole workbench and we 
end up with 12 inches. No, 12 inches if you're lucky. Maybe the size of a mouse pad if you're not. Okay, what's round two doing? Round two has, this is what they are issuing for March, uh, the 72 Chevy pickup with Coke decals. We don't have and any pictures of any of these. There's no we? pictures of these. I'm very sorry about that. This was announced in their video that they put out every month, and the month of the video showed that. Okay. Ah, a video. No wonder I didn't know about these. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're also reissuing the 1923 Ford Model T Depot Hack. Um, Depot Hack? Depot Hack. Basically, an uh, open station wagon. Ah, okay. And then, as some people have been saying, we hope they do this because they're doing a 64 Olds Cutlass. I've, hmm, now, I'm, now I'm wondering what I saw wrote there. I could have sworn. Anyway, forget what I said. 1964 Oldsmobile Cutlass convertible as a three-in-one. I could have sworn I saw it said coupe, but mm. hmm, that would mean going back and checking the video again. <laughs> <laughs> That's something we're going to do on live podcasting. No. Bad enough when we search the internet, let alone watch videos. That's right. Cool. Anything there that uh, tickles your fancy? Well, if, it, if the Oldsmobile is really the coupe like I thought I saw, but now I don't know. <laughs> I definitely want one of those, let's put it that way. But uh, the rest, nope, don't need any. Mm-hmm. All right. Model Factory Hero. That Hero. has something nice. Yeah, but these are from your friends at Spot Model, or at least that's where I saw it first. <laughs> a one twelve scale Ferrari three twelve B three. Whoo! You only lots of red paint to paint that one. Nikki Lauda nineteen seventy four Formula One car. Mm. Ah, God, yeah. the cars look so good. They had small little noses and big fins, and look at that air intake. It actually goes over the driver and driver and drivers that were made of steel. Yes, at that time frame, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, if you walked away from one of those, you did well. Yeah. Great great uh, looking kit. Uh, I, I'm i trying to figure out the price. Oh, I saw the price. I don't want to look at the price. No, you don't want to look at the price anymore, do you? $844 <laughs> euro. Uh, that's 800 euros. That's not $800. That's 800 euros. 840, yeah, 844 euros, uh, which you don't want to know. <laughs> If you have to ask, you can't afford it. It's a, it's over a thousand bucks Canadian. If you have to ask. <laughs> Interesting though. I see a lot of this is actually made from white metal. Oh gosh. <laughs> double your pleasure. <laughs> double a plane, double a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. How many parts? 46 of them on the first image. Well, I see 187 parts uh, with a lot of those as white metal. Jeepers. Metal parts number three. Oh, I see up to part number, oh gosh, 257. Oh, 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 oh boy. Oh, and they restart the parting number, the part number for the resin parts list. <laughs> and for the cliff parts. So there's very little plastic in there is what you're saying. I could tell you something. The shipping on that is not going to be cheap. That is a mm. box of metal. It's a box of metal and, and resin, which is not light either. Yes. Yes. Wow. Mm. I'm. Nice, but uh, yeah, probably not uh, quite where I want to go with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Salvino's JR has a 124 scale Junior Johnson Racing Neil Bonnet number 12 Chevy Monte Carlo from, from 1986. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I need Pat here because um, all of these kind of look the same. Yeah, well. Yeah. I think they're just doing different lever- liveries on their existing Monte Could Carlos, be. right? Could be. Anyway, this is a Budweiser livery. 
just in case anybody cares. Yeah, I forgot to say that, didn't I? I, thought, I was pretty sure sure it was, just didn't say it. Oh, well. Anyway. Um, hmm. No, no. No, Has no. No. <laughs> Has a Toyota Celica GT4 ST165 Group A. Oh, that's nice. I mm, thought you'd like that. That is 1991 Tour de Corsa. Tour de Corsa, is that? Corsa, Corsa, yeah. I, I'd say Corsa. But. Well, you're the, one, you're the one with the languages. I'm the, <laughs> just because I can trace my family to Italy doesn't mean I have Italian. <laughs> I know. Tour de, is Tour de Course Italian or is that French? Tour de, I thought, uh, that's a Tour, Tour de France automobile. That, that, that's French. Yeah. That's why I'm asking you. Tour de France automobile, yeah. yeah. See, it's nothing to do with Italian. Anyway, okay. let's move on. Um, that, that is actually a very nice looking car. It's, uh, I, yep, yeah, I, I like that one. And it seems like we can't go by a week without having a Toyota Crawl 11. <laughs> An AE92 Group A race car, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we're we're just playing. You know what? What we need to do, John, I think we need to make up new release bingo cards. You can download these. <laughs> yeah. Nissan Skyline. <laughs> Corolla 11. And an AE88 or AE86. And uh, yes. Uh, oh, and, and then the... Um, uh, round at the front or pointy at the front Porsches. round at the back Porsche and you know uh, yeah we, we could make a bingo card and make a game out of this yeah we sure could <laughs> another Toyota a Corona ST191 you know I'm not sure this is uh, putting anything with the name Corona in this year is a good thing to do <laughs> Might be the name of the car, but, you know, I'm not going to go to the... Excuse me, can I get a Corona? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. okay. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, This is the 94 JTCC Suzuka winner, which I believe is Japanese Touring Class. If I'm not mistaken. Japanese Touring Car Class or something like that? Japanese Touring Car Championship. There we go. That's it. That's... I've heard of it. Yep. Uh, it looks like a normal sedan, uh, basically slammed. The, the wheels are so far up into the wheel wells, it's um, giving itself an enema. But anyway. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Uh, I might have to bleep that one. <laughs> yeah, you have to do something about that one, that's for sure. Uh, John, save me. What else have we got on here? We have, Lastly, Nunu has a BMW M3 E30 Sport Evolution 2. I can say it, it's a uh, square-looking BMW. M3. Oh, yeah. It's the classic uh, M3. It's the E3. Sure. Yes. That's it. 1988 Spa, 24 hours. Yeah. And at that time, they were all over the place around here. Gosh. They were nice. Nice looking cars. Uh, very classic. Um, I, yes. it's a cl- Like I said, it's a classic BMW M3. Mm-hmm. Yes. We won't talk about stories of getting pulled over in uh, BMW uh, 3 Series. But anyway. Oh, that was, uh, that was many years ago, and I'd rather not uh, re- recall that one. Uh, what's that? Ravel has some interesting news. Well, Ravel, yeah, and this is just announced from Ravel. Apparently, Hasegawa is the Ravel importer in Japan, and they spilled the beans on this one. They're going to be reissuing the Ford Bronco, the, the first-generation Ford Bronco. What is this? It's a 70 or 71? Half cab, which is new. It's never been a half cab in the box before. 
with the dune buggy and trailer that I believe the last time it was saw was the late seventies. Mm-hmm. Very weird looking little dune buggy, but it looks kind of cool as a set. Very weird looking little dune buggy. I believe it's v- VW actually, but, uh, yeah, it's got, um, not a channel with buggy, but something very similar. Yep. Uh, it's a, it's a very cool looking, uh, three piece kit here. Yes. And all, and with graphics that, that, uh, work too on, on the whole setup, right? Yeah. Very vintage graphics. It's got sort of that, uh, seventies, eighties look, uh, the, the picture that is used, it's in our show notes. Uh, this is episode 58. So you know how to find our show notes by now. Go to our website, modelcar.show, look for the podcast episode and click on the, the show notes link there. This is in sort of an orange and white, the Bronco and the Doom Buggy is in a matching orange with uh, the 80 stripes. I, I'm going to call them that. They're very, very cool looking though. That that actually might make a nice kit. I could see myself. Cool. I could see myself. You know, I, I'll be in for at least one. I'll tell you that much. Yep. Uh, it's interesting though that uh, it's coming from overseas. I wonder if uh, Ravel has got a reciprocal agreement for distribution of Hasegauer. In North America. Oh, maybe it's in Europe. Who knows? That could be. Who knows? Don't know. We don't know anymore. <laughs> the rules there are changing. <laughs> yep. Check out the show notes uh, for pictures of this one. It's all in Japanese, but you can see the picture. It looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Just announced by Aoshima. Oh, boy. New tool. New tool. A Lamborghini Huracan version one. Snap kit with a body molded in red. Oh, well. Everybody loves red. Um Italian cars, don't they? Yeah, well, I guess it means in theory I wouldn't have to paint it. <clears throat> well, you know, you you don't prime it, so it's no difference. Well, yeah, but for me, plain plastic sort of has a soapy sheen to it, if you get what I mean. It's not... By the time you yeah. clean it up properly, you need to paint it, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Ride height adjustable oh i like i like the the marketing here ride height adjustment gimmick adopted it's a gimmick oh dear oh dear oh dear oh dear yeah i, I see what they mean but <laughs> it's uh yeah it's a it's a fairly simple kit i'm just trying to think there was one lamborghini that i purchased and i can't remember if it was a version of this. I think it's a green box, but uh, I think this is the Liberty Walk version that has uh, much more ground effects on it than the the original that came out. Uh, you know, with the lowered stance on it, it actually looks like a nice kit um, mm-hmm. as a curbside. I, you know, depends on the price. I, c- I could certainly see myself picking one of these up. They suggest a, a MSRP of 5,800 Japanese yen, so. All right. I'm going to ask the next stupid question. How much is 5,800 yen? I didn't look. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the way you said that, I thought that had some relevance to me, but I got nothing. Oh, people, 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 people. There is a website, and we're going to quickly find out. 5,800. Are you on XE.com? Yes. Ah, see, I knew what website you're on. And we're going to change it over to the Canadian dollar. And, oh, dear. Hmm. Oh, dear? $68. Ooh. Yeah, that's a, that's a deal breaker there, isn't it, for a snap kit? Hmm. <sighs> yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be 80 bucks on the shelf here. 
by the time you yeah, add in the freight. It's going to be in a, for our American listeners, that would mean they're going to be looking at $54. So yeah, 50 to $60, I would say landed for that. Yeah. Huh. Unfortunate for what it is. I, I mean, I guess it depends how much you, you like that kit and you want to have one. If you want to have a hurricane in your, in your, I wouldn't mind a hurricane, but at that price <laughs> for what you're getting, it's a very simplified kit. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, and, well. Oh, well. Let's talk local. They're almost as pricey, but uh, not quite. Have yeah. more, have more fiddly okay. bits. I stand corrected. I got it wrong earlier. It, it was an old cutlass convertible earlier from AMT, but they're also going to be, they're just announcing that they're doing a 64 old cutlass 442 hardtop. Ah. Knew I'd seen it somewhere. <laughs> and the hardtop's <laughs> the one you're interested in. Yes. The, well, I've got, I've got the convertible on order, but I'll have to have the uh, hardtop too. Mm-hmm. Of course. They've also got a 70 Ford Galaxy taxi this time. Well, we've done it as police cars. We've done it as, <laughs> I imagine there's a fire chief version coming eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Why not? A few Why pieces. Not? I'm just <laughs> trying to kills. imagine that as a taxi, but uh, it is what it is. Big yellow four door with a taxi sign on top. Yeah, I've got I've got the police version of it. I think I have the um, uh, spotlight hobbies, whatever hobby heaven version. Hobby heaven kicking around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Bonneville sixty five Bonneville and the sixty five Pon- Pontiac Bonneville, a sixty four Ford Galaxy Craftsman Plus Plus series, which they haven't said, but for me that sort of means that they're going to do something like they did with the Nova, if there is something missing, but. Mm. Don't know. We'll see. It's all about the plus. Ah. They're like they're like yeah. That, that's it. Craftsman Plus. Hmm. They're they're making um, streaming services. Everything has to have a plus on it. <laughs> yeah, it's <a> good idea. <laughs> all the kits will now have the plus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nineteen seventy six GMC General truck cab. Yep. Uh, we don't have pictures of for these, so uh, no, we don't have. Well, GMC Generals weren't. They weren't bad-looking trucks, just not great-looking trucks either in my book. Uh, they're a cab-over engine, I believe? No, these are. this is a conventional. It's, oh, it's conventional. It's a cab-over okay. cab, but they added a hood to the front end. So mm. to me, I look at it and I see, oh, that's just a cab-over with a fancy front end on it. <laughs> oh, all right then. I'm actually going to have to Google that. Oh, okay. I see. I see what you mean. I got it. I see the old I, version. I see what I mean. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, yep. It is. Polar Lights has a 1969 Dodge Charger funny car with Hot Wheels decals and another with the Mr. Norm decals. Hmm. Any one of those jump out to you at all? Uh, no. Ah. Funny cars. <laughs> the next one gets me excited, though. The next one gets me excited. I just wish it weren't 135 scale. Anyway, Roden Models has announced that they are going to be issuing a 135 scale GMC PD 3751 Silverside bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. And Greyhound, mm. Greyhound Silverside. But yes, it's well, Silver Silverside is what the ball buses all at that time were all known as. Doesn't matter really who made them. They're all yeah. Silversides, but Yeah. The Greyhound though has the Greyhound logo and everything on it. That's kind yeah, of Yeah, it has I the Greyhound to... livery. It's yeah, that's it's right. Let's put it that That's way. why I want to differ, differentiate between those. 2021 initial release new tool. I have no idea when this is coming out, but it does look no. pretty cool. Uh, there's just a picture. This is actually a picture of the one-to-one bus, but uh, you know, I, I kind of wish it was. What was the the bus with the extra uh, roof line 
called? Oh, the first one, the PD-4501. Yeah. The Scenic Cruiser. That was it. That was the one that, uh, if, it, if it was there, I'm sure it would have sold even better. That's, if you know buses, if, if, you're, if you're a bus enthusiast, which I am, I would just about give my high teeth for a PD-4501, but... Well, that's that's why I was surprised they came out this. Yes, in one twenty in one twenty fifth scale. Uh, you know, even even at thirty five scale, I think that would sell very very well. Well, I'd definitely be in for one if it was one thirty five scale. If it's in one twenty fifth scale, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, line them up. Oh yeah, uh, yep. John's John's building the fleet. Now, don't tempt me because the the not the number I know the Silverside bus. My grandfather Dazan, odds are he drove one, and there's a chance that he ended up driving a forty five hundred one after it had been retired from. From uh, Greyhound, so. Mm. Well, let's hope they're successful with this one because obviously they're doing uh, some some work on this. They're willing to take chances. That's what they're going to do. That's what this is. This is a chance. <laughs> yeah. If but if it's successful, maybe they'll uh, move on and make a series out of them. I think there's a lot they could do with this as a series. Yeah. Yep. I like that. That uh, I have. Do we know what the price point on that is yet? I've heard nothing. Yeah, I think uh, that is probably going to be an expensive box of plastic. Yeah, but hmm, I'll have to have it. So, yeah, it's I, I, I'm I'm pretty much up there. I hope uh, my local shop gets it in, but that might be one to track down and pay the shipping on mm-hmm. if the shipping ever gets here. But anyway, <laughs> wine, wine, wine. Mm-hmm. So, John, you had a topic for today that you came up with. Well, yeah. I thought this was a cool topic. Do you, would you like to introduce it? <laughs> We're going to talk about what would your dream ho- dream hobby workshop look like? Uh, so, Johnny, are, are you building this for yourself for your birthday, your dream hobby workshop? No, I don't have the space. <laughs> That's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> That's the space. Don't really have the money either, so eh, minor detail. <laughs> but let's just say, you know, Win the lottery, you're obviously going to do something. Well, not even win the lottery, but you get what I mean. You know, if you if you could, if you had spare cash, and let, it's not going to cost you thirty thousand dollars to do it, or at least it shouldn't. Well, I'd have to move, so it would cost a lot more than uh, thirty thousand yeah, that, dollars. That's it. And, and I thought about the fact that you know how you are. You have to go here to do this. You have to go here to do that. Well, why not have everything possible on the one one room, if possible? I mean. My my workshop is my old childhood bedroom, and it works, but it's tight at times. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm curious what what is your workshop like at the moment? Tight. <laughs> like uh, what 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 size room is it? I don't know. Oh, wait a minute! 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 At one time, I measured the rooms in the house. <laughs> Well, if I still have it, <laughs> let's let's go with small, big, medium, or small, medium, small, big. small, small. It's small, a small room. Small, 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 small. And what do you, what do you have in it? Uh, there's a chair because there's no other <laughs> other space for the chair in the house. <laughs> there's my workbench. There's my paint booth. There's the storage for the paints. There's a table used for more storage for paints. There's the filing cabinet that I inherited my father that is a commercial filing cabinet and that's not something I can <laughs> I can move on my own even, even if I wanted to <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, definitely and I'm assuming it's filled up with stuff too yeah it is filled up with stuff 
mostly mine now, but <laughs> it's still, it's oh my God, man, how, where he ever got that from. I have no idea. Mm, cool. No idea. Uh, oh, it's 10 by 12. It is 10 by 12. 10 by 12. Okay. <laughs> so that is pretty small. Yeah. Hmm. Um, wh- where else do you have stuff in your house then? Uh, the stash is all stored in the basement. Okay. All right. And so, but that room is self-contained as a working room for you. Yep. There's a door on it to keep the cat out because I've, (laughs) when I didn't shut the door, I've noticed the cat running down the hallway, carrying a part for a model car. It's like, uh, wait a minute. It doesn't have wheels. What are you doing with it? (laughs) Uh, So what, what type of desk do you work on? Well, that, that <laughs> it's big. I can't tell you how, how it's not like it's a childhood desk or anything like that. No, this was, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to wonder how this got here, but this, oh, let's say, let's say 30 years ago, this was in the office, the, the minister's office at my church. Oh, interesting. It is big. It is heavy. It is sturdy as heck. <laughs> It even has a drawer, which is very handy, but it's, God, the top on it must be a, must be an inch, an inch thick. Wow. Uh, did you get it or did, was it something that your dad brought in? My dad did. Uh, okay. We were, the church was changing ministers. It was a friend, childhood of a friend of his was becoming the minister and he, he had problems in that he'd be getting an office where he didn't have, where he had basically one drawer. And, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're running an office, you need more than one drawer. Realistically, that's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. So dad donated his desk in exchange for that table. Cool. That sounds nice. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> and if I were to move, oh God, that's going to be a monster to move. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, it's just a straight desk then. To, uh, just a straight desk. Got one, like I say, it's got one, uh, one, one drawer and that's it. Cool. Big, flat, square. Oh yeah, it's handy though. <laughs> I can imagine. I, I like having that. I've got, uh, and, and you've got then one other desk for your spray booth. Yeah, that's, you know, it's an old, uh, an old, uh, old utility, not utility table. It's what they're, what they call the hobby desk or something for at Canadian Tire. And then what do you, what Dark do you, bench. you use different, a different room for storage. Where do you put your finished uh, kits? The finished kits generally in the living room or in the hallway in display cases. Mm. So you're kind of spread out a little like I am. Yeah. Um, where do you wash parts? What do you do for water? Then I got to come out to the kitchen. Uh, you're on the same level? Yeah. It's on the same level, but got to come out to the kitchen, which of course, hey, you could drop something between the two places. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was kind of curious because I know what mine is like. Mine is uh, a disaster. Yeah. That's it. Every, you know, we all, we all make do, but you know, what if, you know, you had, you got your dream home and you were going to put in your dream workshop. What are you going to do? Yeah. There's going to be a sink in there. Utility sink. Yeah. But there's still going to be a sink in there. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll tell you what my setup is like, just because when you're feeling bad about yours, you'll feel a whole lot better. I'm spread out on three different levels, including one level that I can only access from outside. Which I said it before. I'm sorry for chuckling, but jeez, man, yep. that so would not work here. <laughs> uh, my my basement, the only door to my basement where I have my uh, spray booth, is 
accessible in my backyard. So I have to go outside the house and then down a set of outside stairs into my basement. Oh, jeez. I, I, it, I live in an old barn. That's all I got to say. It's uh, seriously, it's a big old gamble roof barn. Um, so I have uh, my, my room that I actually use for modeling is pretty big. I have one, two, I've got nine um, of those storage racks that everybody uses, you know, those big plastic ones that my kit storage is in. I have nine of those in this room. I have half the room is my studio that I use. I've got the other half of the room is for my desks for model car building. So I have uh, two desks. One of them, my main desk is actually set up. It's uh, an L shape. Uh, it's a big office desk. Uh, and like you, it was a pain to get in here. I disassembled it and brought it up one panel at a time because in my tiny little house, I have a very, very tight spiral staircase, a oh. wooden spiral staircase. Uh, so if Beautiful, but <laughs> miserable to work with. <laughs> it fits well with the, with the house, uh, but anything that goes up into the bedroom that comes up over the front balcony. It has yep. to be winched up. Uh, so oh, the beds, it, it's it's terrible for, it. logistics suck in this house. But it, it's kind of neat. So I've got that big, that big desk that I've got set up for there. I've got a pegboard on the wall above it with all of my uh, aftermarket stuff hung up onto it. I've got a second desk behind it that has my uh, machine tools on it, my lathe, my soldering iron works workbench that's just a normal size you know smaller desk uh, i've got uh, ceiling mounted lights uh, led or not led um, fluorescent lights above it so it's actually set up quite nice i've got a little bit of storage i've got a couple of bookshelves in there uh, but it is not very conducive for work uh, so if i have to use water I'm downstairs onto the middle level. Most of my kit storage is upstairs. Uh, some is in this room. Some is in the bedroom. I have the most wonderful wife ever who lets me store model kits on my side of the bedroom, uh, which she's just amazing for that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a real pain. I'm kind of spread out over there. My built kits are um, downstairs on the main level in the living room. And then in the bedroom, I also have a lighted uh, multi-shelf Ikea uh, glass display case. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. I'm I'm literally in five different rooms for my modeling hobby. I'm up at hobby. I'm up and down the stairs. Uh, you know, as I say, I'm outside, I'm inside. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I could really use my dream hobby workshop. Yep, sure sounds like it. Uh, so what, what would yours look like? <laughs> Definitely be bigger than what I got now. <laughs> And it would have the sink, and it would have. Uh, well, we're we're definitely going to get rid of the, the carpet that I have. <laughs> oh yes, carpet. Oh, oh God, carpet monsters. <laughs> what what would you put instead of uh, the carpet? Uh, I really don't care as long as it's a hard surface, because uh, you know, with I've had a soft, a hard surface before, and that's just wonderful. Ping pong. Oh, I have an idea where you went. <laughs> Ping pong crack. You know, that's my problem with a hard surface. I, I would actually put like a soft vinyl tile for, floor in there. You know, something that's hard enough that it's... Um, where there's the ping. That you get the ping, but <laughs> ping more than pong. anything, you don't lose parts of the carpet monster. I have um, one of those floor runners 
Uh, and I guarantee mm-hmm. you that if I drop something, it bounces off there into the carpet. Oh, dear. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you expect? Um, you know, and I didn't want to rip out because it's sort of a big multi-use room. I mean, this room is probably, I got to say, it's probably, well, it's as wide as my house uh, on the upstairs. So in between the gamble roof, it kind of goes from side to side of the house. So it's got to be 20, 25 feet wide. So that's, oh, nice. Yeah, that sounds about a good. <laughs> uh, so it's about half of that that I'm using, though. So, okay. uh, you know, it's, uh, and then it's got sort of an, an L shape as well. And the L is where I keep all, I keep my kit storage. So it's, um, I wonder if it would be OPSEC if I uh, posted pictures of this, but uh, maybe. Hmm. It's kind of messy. You know, you know how it is when you have too much stuff and too little of a space? It just yep. looks, I've got stuff stacked up, you know, boxes stacked up and it's, it's not the most... Um, if I ever wanted to sell the house and do showings, uh, all of this would have to move out to um, a storage locker. Storage, yeah. Because there's way too much stuff in here for what there should be. Yep. <laughs> I know what you mean. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I was actually thinking about it when I was redoing, my, and I, I'm not sure that uh, it will actually, everything will stay and nothing will move down to my storage locker uh, because I'm I still have another rack of synthesizers that... Uh, have to come up in here, and that's going to affect access to, to my the kits to the important stuff. No, my big filing <laughs> cabinet, uh, and oh. my laser printer that's up here as well. So, I don't know. It's it's always a juggle. Uh, but if I moved, I you know, if I moved, sort of three of the racks of where I have stuff, I could actually spread out a lot more and make this really nice. No chance of water up here though. That's part of the problem. Mm, yeah. Mm. So, you what would you have? Just one desk, or how many desks, or uh, a workbench would you have? Well, I'd keep, I definitely keep the big desk that I have now because that's you're never going to find another desk like that. <laughs> but I've seen, heard the concept of having replaceable work surfaces and that appeals. You know, you could have put in something like a basically like a kitchen where you have cabinets that go underneath your desks where, you know, you could have, you could have drawers, you could have just open, you know, or opening doors. Either way, it doesn't matter, which is great storage. Mm-hmm. and having an actual work surface that you could lift in and take out it's dirty or i don't want to work on this model at this time put it over put it up for example if it's like a shelf you could hang it on a shelf and put it in another one and continue working from there mm-hmm. i had a friend uh, on victor in victoria island um or vancouver island in victoria yeah, gonna- <laughs> not my corner of the world but i was thinking that's vancouver island isn't it <laughs> Yeah, he was over on the... I, 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 anyway, we will go there. Um, he he moved into a new place and built basically like a kitchen all the way along one wall. So he had spaces that he could fit underneath it, but the, he had lots of storage and he had multiple places. Uh, I like that idea because he had, uh, with built-ins... Have you ever dropped anything down the back of your desk? No. Oh, so you're lucky. Uh, I have. And uh, God only knows how many uh, ping and a prayer pieces are behind the back of my desk or in the corner of the wall, you know, that have just. Yeah, yeah, I, the corner of the wall, it's pinched in there and there's no way in heck you're getting it out. <laughs> unless I move the whole desk, you know. So, yeah. Um, I'm sure there are things that have made it into there that I've had to fix and rebuild. Uh, having something built in that you have no possibility, uh, if you have 
storage above you, you can mount um, LED lights directly to that and get just a ton of lights. I'd also build it with lots of plugs all the way along. Yes, that that too. Plugs everywhere because it's more convenient that way. Uh, more convenient and you don't have, I, I don't know if you're like me, I've got multiple um, power bars the under underneath my desk kind of looks like a me, a rat's nest because of all the all the power mm-hmm. cables and everything like yep. that. If I could have that set up, uh, I would love to have that. Uh, a spray booth. I had a friend mm. who, uh, in his basement, built himself a walk-in spray booth. Oh, there's an idea. Um, and this was basically, it. W- he went up to the side of his house. He lived in an old house. And he just built out a two-by-four wooden um, room. It was it was not very big. It was sort of, you know, he was a big guy. So he could kind of stand in it. There was a workspace in front of him with the vent on it. And he came in, he closed the door behind him. Uh, he could spray it down and keep the door closed. And that, it vented out, I uh, I think he had um, a vent with a dust collector to prevent the Mm. dust coming in for ventilation. Uh, Just the most brilliant thing that I've ever seen. And I I keep thinking about doing something like that, and I've never quite got that ambitious. Uh, But if I was building my own, I would love to have something like that. You can warm up that entire room, put a little heater in there, and warm up the entire room to help your paint flow. You know, that way, you know, you might be walking into it in your... uh, in your shorts and nothing else, but the the idea I love that idea of how to how to contain the area for um, for paint fumes and for dust. Dust is sort of the big evil I hadn't thing. Even, hadn't even thought about that. That's that's a darn neat idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's that would be what I would do. Have a walk-in spray booth. I'd have lots of storage. You know, I would love to have all of my kits accessible accessible been the key right now that I could go and walk in and see some of my old stuff. Uh, you know, honestly, I've got several hundred kits that I haven't seen in probably seven or eight years at least. Oh, dear. Yeah. And I would actually have to move things, move racks of kits to get to the ones that are behind them in the corners. Uh, mm. So that that's not ideal. I'd love to be able to have something. Um, I've seen library stands, law law offices quite often use them, that have these racks on rolling, on a rolling track. Yes. So you can maximize your storage. Thought, I thought of those. <laughs> I, I'd love to have something like that. If we're we're, we're talking dream hobby here, I, I would also like to have a place where I could just sit and enjoy my workbench without actually working on my workbench you know sit and read and do some research i'd like to have my research library in there i'd love to have uh, be be able to be inspired by what i have built rather than walking around and looking you know on on a shelf above the door because that's the only place that i can have them downstairs or you know, bending over to look at them in in a floor level rack that I have now to see what I've what I've actually built with good lighting. But you know, again, this is this is a fantasy world. I'd want a proper photography table with lights. Yes, 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 yes. Um, which is unfortunately my uh, studio lights and my table that I used is a casualty of me moving my studio. 
Uh, Right now, I'm not sure what I'm going to do for that. Um, It may just be that I put aside the professional camera and just use my uh, set up a, a light box on my workbench and just use my iPhone, which is almost as good, you know, especially with the digital tools I have. It's not what I'd like to do, but if I had my perfect space, I'd have a big uh, f- tech photo- a photography table. Uh, what technology would you have in there, John? Uh, well, <laughs> right now, even though I, don't, I hate to say it, you know, I, if I'm going to take a picture quick, I'm going to have my cell phone with me, but do I really want to have the cell phone <laughs> when I'm working on a model? Not really, but it would have to be in there. Uh, I have a TV in my workshop and although 99% of the time it gets left off and I keep the one on in the living room and I can hear enough of the show so I can hear something, but that's really all there is. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, do you have a computer there? No. Cause the painting, the, the airbrushing is done in the same room hmm. as building and there's no, I'm not putting a computer in there. Yes. I <laughs> uh, see. See, I'm fine. I can, I, I have, um, I used to have a standalone computer there that got old and I disassembled the whole setup because I wanted more desk space. Uh, I have a, a spare laptop that I can use. Actually, I might have a couple of spare laptops if I needed them. And I usually have uh, my iPad. I just set that up. Uh, if I'm, you know, like uh, on our monthly model section, I'll, I'll have that because then I can access Slack. I can take pictures right to, to Slack of what I'm working on. That's kind of a nice way for me to do it. I'd love to have something like an iMac uh, there where I could combine sort of the, 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 the camera, the iPhone with the ease of a big screen on the computer of the computer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do have a little, uh, LCD, uh, television there. Okay. Uh, and I, it's not hooked up to cable or to Apple TV that we we're talking about earlier. It's just uh, hooked up to a DVD player, and I have a bunch of old DVDs. And usually, I, I pick through a series of something that I haven't seen in a long time, and I just have mm-hmm. it play in the background. Uh, I don't like watching things that require me to spend a lot of attention on them. Yeah, you see, I, I you when I was younger, I could do that. You know, I could record a TV show from the night before be. War- be watching it while I work on a model and I can follow the storyline. I can't follow the storyline anymore if I want to work on a model. So. Well, I could, but I, I find I get distracted. And and this is part of my thing with YouTube in general, where I was kind of complaining about that earlier, is I don't watch a lot of videos because videos require too much attention. I listen to a lot of podcasts, which I can listen to while I'm doing something else. And watching a TV show that I've already seen is the same thing for me. I already know what's happening. It doesn't matter if my attention isn't there. That's it. I mean, in theory, you can even watch Star Wars. I've done that plenty of times. I, you know, I virtually know the movies back to front, heart to heart. So, you know, Star Wars is on. Eh, good afternoon. Go work on a model. Mm-hmm. Uh, what tools would you have in there, John? Uh, the same as what I have now. I know, you know, you're thinking, well, what about a motor tool? I've got one. Don't use it very often. You know, what about a soldering iron? Got one. Don't use it very often. So, um, do you have a lathe or milling machine or anything like that? 3D printer? No, I don't have any of that and don't think I need it. You know what I mean? It's if I had the skills, that would be another story, but I don't have the skills and you know, I'm not getting any younger <laughs> to learn how to do all everything to learn how to use the tools properly to, to make it worthwhile. So it's be like, eh, I don't know. No, hmm. no. Yeah. I'd like to add a milling machine to my lathe, but um, that uh, I don't have the space and apparently I spend money elsewhere. Um <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> uh, so it's it's not been a big enough priority for me. For again, it, uh, like John said, it comes down to how much you can have the tools, but how much time do you have to to use them? I, I if I if I was building my dream hobby workshop, though, I'd have both my lathe that I currently have. Um, I have. Uh, and, and I would also get a a computer that would hook at, uh, hook up to them with um, a milling machine that I could actually program and and just run uh, parts off. Yes, I'd love to try a three D printer. Uh, the technology is getting better, but uh, again, I'm so picky with that kind of stuff. For what I would use it for, Shapeways is fine or one of the commercial things. Uh, again, not something that I've really spent a lot of time on now. Um, I'm just happy to have the time to to build. What I'd really like, though, is is a contained area where I could just go and sit, you know, and, and just enjoy it and not feel cluttered and not feel, you know, busy. Yes, not feel cluttered, yes. Um, and, and that's kind of what I'm, I'm missing a couple things right now. I'm in small spaces, so I'm cluttered, which doesn't always make me feel that good. You know, like, uh, I'll be honest with you, um, I have half of my collection of typewriters under my big desk because it's about the only place I could store them. What about the storage the storage area that you're talking about? <clears throat> oh, the storage areas are full. Oh, there. Okay. Uh, and in, a, in, a, in my dream workshop... All of my other stuff is in a different room in a big house. Well, yeah. Um, which means I've moved somewhere else other than Vancouver because I can't afford a big house here. <laughs> or the, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I'd like everything to be on one, one floor. That yes. would be so nice. Oh, yes. And I'd like to have a bathroom, you know, that I could, I could do washing my parts and washing myself when I have those um, paint accidents and all that, you know. It would be so nice to have one contained area. Aren't you a little old to be having paint accidents? No. I, my fingers are always covered with either fountain pen ink or paint or, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a very colorful person on my fingers. All right. I mean, I honestly, sure, I get a little bit of paint here and there in my fingers, but, you know, I've, I've only ever spilled one bottle of paint in my whole life. Really? Okay. Yeah. Very long time ago. <laughs> Testers enamel. <laughs> no, not silver. Uh, so most people know, I, I've talked about it before, that I'm a big um, stationary nerd uh, as well. One of my hobbies is uh, fountain pens. I had a full bottle of, of an ink that I knocked over all over me. Uh, that was last year. I, I, I It went over me. It went over the, the desk. It went over... The carpet, it went over my uh, pants, my shirt, uh, the um, chair that I sit in. Not the princess. Uh, no, she doesn't come upstairs unless... Uh, uh, she actually has a bed up here for the time she does come Of course up. she does. Um, but <laughs> I, by the time I finished cleaning it up, it was a blue paint and it had stained my hands. I looked like a smurf for a week. <laughs> Uh, it was a mess. So uh, I'm very cognizant to the idea that I spill stuff uh, and would like to have a, a bathroom nearby to clean up. Uh, I had a friend that bought a place that had a suite attached to it many years ago. 
And in his suite, and his suite had a full kitchen. It was designed to be rented out. We have a lot of rent helper type um, situations mm -hmm. in Vancouver because it's expensive to live out here. And his, actually, I had two friends that did that, to, that have places like that. And his entire suite, which uh, was a bedroom, kitchen, living room, uh, and a bathroom, including a shower, was set up as his model workshop. And I thought that was that would be an ideal way to do that. Uh, for no other reason that when I'm in there, I can lock the door and nobody ever ever needs to see what a mess I make in, inside the workshop. <laughs> what happens in the workshop stays in the workshop. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, my ideal room if ever I had it. Uh, what else would you do in your in your ideal room, John? What would really get you going? Well, I'm agreeing with you. You know, store. I don't know if I really want all my kits in there, but it's an idea. Some of them, anyway, the ones that you know really speak to me, the ones that I want to build next or soon. Uh, the sink, yeah. The photography table, you betcha. <laughs> well, I guess you do need the Canam garage in there, right? Well, yeah, but that's that's the photography table. So yeah, why not? Wh the soft tile floor, I hadn't thought of it because I was well, before I. Before I inherited the house from my father, I was downstairs and I had a hard floor, not cement, but uh, laminate flooring. And I loved how part, ting, ting. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I knew where it went. <laughs> a sitting area is darn nice. Uh, pegboard for aftermarket stuff. Oh, yes, because I've got enough market aftermarket stuff and detailing goodies that I don't know what I have. If they were organized where I could see them, look at them, ah, they might get used, you know. Um, yeah, I could tell you something when you have that many, um, aftermarket things, uh, you still kind of forget what's behind the first row. Oh, I, I have okay. them sort of, um, loosely organized. Categorized. Yeah. Uh, but even that it's like, you know, my engine parts It's like, oh yeah. Once in a while you go through looking for something. It's like, oh, I forgot all about that. Uh, I was in there. I mentioned last time I screwed up those Michelin decals on, uh, the Peugeot from the last building session that mm -hmm, I had. Mm -hmm. And I went looking through, interestingly, you know, when we talk about lack of organization, I have a binder with aftermarket decals in it. I have a drawer with aftermarket decals in it. And I have some on my pegboard as well. And I went looking through all those and seeing what else I had. I went through my uh, section for wheels and tires, and maybe I had something kicked there. And I was looking at it going, oh, wow, I forgot all about all these different you know, uh, kits that I have, uh, particular aftermarket kits for and photo etch for and uh, some of the really cool stuff that I've picked up over the years. And you kind of forget about it. So not only do you need an aftermarket, and this is, I think, the idea of the sitting area for me and why I want all of my unbuilt kits in one spot. I just want to be able to look through it and, uh, and, and gain ideas and dream a little. Yeah. Got to, uh, it makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. I, anything to avoid actually uh, doing any work on a model, just sitting there oh. dreaming about it. Apparently is my thing. <laughs> hey, you got a dream. <laughs> so how do we get these, um, John? How do we go, oh, oh, get what? Get our dreams? These, dr these, these dream workbenches. Um, yeah. <laughs> Money? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Modelcar.show slash supporters. <laughs> That's it. I mean, you know, as, as I said before, you know, when I inherited the house, I, I moved upstairs. Yeah. But if I had been smart, I would have kept 
the hobby downstairs, but now with arthritic ankles, it killed. I don't say it kills me every time I go up and down, but if I had to go up and down, up and down, up and down, like I used to, eh, it wouldn't be so much fun. <laughs> uh, the idea of storing things in a basement always scares me. I think of Pat's problem a couple of years ago with the water. Well, yeah, that's water. It, water could be a problem here, but it's, you know, it, it is a basement. If you don't have, if you don't know, you know, most basements do get a little moldy smelling, a little mm-hmm. damp smelling. And eh, that, that bothers me. I don't like that anymore. I mean, it didn't bother me when I lived there, but now that I'm upstairs and, you know, the dry, drier section of the house, I don't keep any clothes downstairs at all. It's as simple as that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine is uh, really a workbench. That's, uh, you know, a, a workspace. That's all it is. Yeah. Because the same thing, you know, it, uh, you know, occasionally it'll get some water in it from, we have heavy rains and uh, it's at the bottom with a, with a big uh, uh, slide for all the water to get into. So it it does get wet down there. So I got to be a little careful. Uh, Again, part of why I'm dealing with all the challenges of storage that I have up here. Cool. We, we, we should do that. We should have the ultimate one. Um, if you're listening and you have a cool setup, I think it'd be really cool. Uh, I could put up a page to show off if you don't mind sharing a little bit of your OPSEC of what you're building, but show us what your bench and your, your workbench looks like. And I can make a blog post and I can share a listener section if we get enough interest. Mm, yeah, that's for sure. Um, I, I'd, be gl- I'd be very interested in seeing what you guys have. And I'd be very interested in hearing what you guys think about this. What would, what would you have? What would you add to what we've already suggested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it could be a really interesting sort of, you know, a topic that we could revisit once in a while to say, no, okay, well, here's what we've Come seen back every and, year. Come back every year around John's birthday and <laughs> what's the workshop look like now? <laughs> yeah, we'll all reminisce. Uh, yeah. So, John, uh, the, the one question I do have about your workshop, even though you've got this large table, mm-hmm. how much working space do you have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, one car body by one car body. <laughs> You're doing well. <laughs> I started, I got, I got into our organizing thing earlier this year. I bought two or three organizers for tools, this, that, and the other thing. I'm doing better. It looks better. I feel better, but there still needs to be lots done. Lots, ooh, lots to make it better. Mm-hmm. One of the things I notice uh, is funny. Cause I'm, I have lots of uh, plastic uh, rubber made, uh, storage that I put my kits in and I work out of those. So there's there's only ever really one kit on my bench, one main kit on my bench at one time. And I, I start every building session with a clear desk. You know, I, mm. I clear everything. Back to, I've got one of those big um, green mat cutters that I think everybody has that's in mm-hmm. our hobby. Uh, so that that's completely clear. And then by the time I'm finishing, I'm down to sort of, you know, four inches by about six inches and everything is kind of moved around and closed in on me. And I love finishing a build for no other reason than that gives me an opportunity to clear my whole bench up again. But yeah, I'm terrible at putting stuff away once I've, once I've uh, worked on it. And from what I've seen of a lot of our model of friends, uh, pictures of their benches, I don't think I'm alone in this. No. All right. So we, we just need to get rich. We've got to win the lottery, John. No, oh, yeah, that's it. Good idea. <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, let's, let's just, uh, touch on this one next year and see what uh, you've done for your birthday next time. Sounds like a plan. All right. Uh, reminders. 
Uh, next monthly build is Saturday, March 13th, 2021. Uh, we'll be on Slack. So if you uh, aren't on Slack and want to be, uh, come and join us. Send me an email, modelcarpodcast at gmail.com. I'll send you an invitation. There's a, a, what do we have? A monthly builds channel, I think, is the correct one right mm -hmm. there. I believe so, yeah. I don't have it open at the moment, but I can quickly find out. <laughs> Everybody will just come in. Uh, there's no requirement to be there at any point. People, you can build ahead. You can just come in and view and see what everybody else is doing. Last time we had a lot of fun. There were uh, probably a uh, half dozen or so, dozen modelers that joined in throughout Something the day. Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah. It, was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of camaraderie. I'm building from 9 a.m. Pacific to 5 p.m. 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific time so i'm on the west coast so you guys can figure out what time that is again no obligation that's just uh the doors will be open coming in and share what you're doing um you know bs with us a little bit uh have some fun with it uh, also a reminder uh the race of gentlemen deadline is october 3rd 2021 that is amazing because i'm actually seeing people getting really on board with this i've seen some engines i've seen some concepts already coming some discussion about what is the right thing to do have you given this one any more thought yet john i've given it some thought i have an idea with something i like to build but it won't doesn't fit any of the rules so <clears throat> you're gonna break rules hmm. Hmm? you're gonna break rules am i rubbing off on you well maybe just on this one <laughs> Okay, uh, so yeah, let us know again. We've got a, a contest. If you're on a Slack, uh, we have a contest builds channel. Come in and post what you're doing there. Uh, there's no reason to wait till the end. Uh, but, and it's great inspi inspiration for other people to see. Uh, also, we have the Facebook group. Uh, so feel free to come and search for us and join in on that one. Our, pro our episode this week is brought to you kindly by our Patreon producer-level sponsors. These include Chris Martin, Pat Redmond, Alex Thomas, Mickey Gerace, Scale Finishes, Classic Truck Modeler Magazine, Ryan Voyer, and Rick Henderson. Thank you so much for your uh, kind support that helps us continue to do what we do. Scott Milliken at uh, Elm City Hobbies is our newest Patreon sponsor. Who is Elm City Hobbies? Elm City Hobbies is, well, <laughs> if you listen to the show long enough, you know most of us, or all three of us here at the podcast, used to really enjoy working with uh, Dennis Crane at uh, Model Express. Before that, it was Classic Model Express. I stumbled upon Elm City shortly after Dennis decided to move on to other things. And, well, where I am, you know, I've got a, for even, for hobby paints, I've got a half-hour drive. If I want the actual hobby shop, it's... 45, 50 minutes, and that's at highway speed. So sometimes it's a lot easier to order by mail. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, they are based out of... Uh, Fredericton, Fredericton, New Fredericton, Brunswick. New Brunswick. Yep. Um, they do offer a great selection. Online, online business, which is nice to see. They're, you know, probably in a small community, and they've done a good job of uh, getting into the market with good selection. It's not just the typical North American kits. They offer a little bit of everything and uh, they are they are quite good from that. If you've seen me build it in the last 10 years anyway. <laughs> Probably came from there. It's come from there. <laughs> yep. Uh, so thanks very much for your support, Scott. Really appreciate that as well. And I apologize for not putting in the show notes or sending you an invoice for that matter. Hey, boy. 
Oh boy, I know. <laughs> it's just one of those weeks. I'm, I'm. I mean, I could understand if it was your birthday, but <clears throat> yeah. Oh, what can I say? I'm already old. All right, we're going to wrap it up for this episode. Say goodbye, John. Goodbye, John.